from race and gender swapping to putting a character's sexual orientation front and center, Hollywood has altered the way content is presented. Many studios have mandated diversity and inclusion even in some period pieces in which certain representation and messaging strays from the source material or is historically and geographically illogical. I'm Hank Davis, and this is TPE Network Presents Divided We Watch. In recent years, Hollywood has made a concerted effort to include diverse talent in front of and behind the camera. In September 2020, the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Science launched its Representation and Inclusion Standards Entry Platform. For a movie to qualify for Best Picture, producers not only had to register detailed personal information about everyone involved in the making of the movie, but the movie had to meet two of the Academy's four diversity standards, touching on everything from on-screen representation to creative leadership. This change didn't come without baggage. Many Hollywood studios now have the story taking a backseat to messaging, with the full weight of cancel culture behind this movement. Holding a different opinion is not allowed. But when did the message become part of Hollywood's new rules? In order to unpack this divisive topic, I reached out to television host, writer, and film critic, Chris Gore, from Film Courage and Film Threat. Hollywood movies have always had messages, always, from the very beginning. You look at a film like uh, Dances with Wolves in the early 90s, and name a film. There's always been messages woven into the fabric of entertainment. Mostly those messages allowed the viewer to think for themselves. What changed after the 2016 election was that the messaging was much more overt. Not only that, told the viewer that if you didn't think a certain way, that you were a terrible person. That was new. We began to see that in television, in movies. It was definitely a dramatic shift where the viewer wasn't allowed to think for themselves, was just told, this is the view you should have. That's new. And that happened, I noticed it in 2018, but I'm certain that this was happening earlier than this. And what also has happened as a result is that most documentaries I see are very much on one side politically or the other, either left or right. Whereas previous to that, in years before, a lot of documentary filmmakers had pride in themselves because they presented the facts, and then allowed the viewer to come to their own conclusions. This changed after the 2016 election, but my guess is things changed before that. I just never noticed. Because mostly my focus is independent film, I'm used to socially relevant political messages being woven into a movie because a lot of the small indie movies that I see, documentaries, small indie features, they they come sort of preloaded with an agenda and not not a terrible agenda, but some sort of message, but really, really was noticeable in 2018. And that kind of shifted. And for me in particular, because I noticed that what happened was, is uh, I noticed people were attacked for having certain views. I'd never seen that before. That was, that was new. 
that I noticed that people were suddenly being attacked for having a different view. For me, I personally love views that oppose my own because it's the only opportunity to learn something. So I actually enjoy engaging with people and or films and or ideas that are something I haven't necessarily confronted or thought about and whatnot. I like that. I like that kind of ability to, whether it's debate or discuss respectfully, I love that kind of respectful debate. Unfortunately, it's gone beyond that where it's become very disrespectful. Now that we've heard Chris's take on when he first began to notice the shift in Hollywood, I wanted to hear if he thought it was possible to please two distinctly different audiences. I don't believe so, unfortunately. I think that, at least from my observation, and this is mostly because of social media, is I see people very stalwart in their views. They're very, uh, become very rigid and uncompromising. And it's very disheartening to see. It's very disheartening to see that healthy discourse is something that is now rare when it used to be the default setting for all of us was healthy discourse. Let's talk about something. Let's discuss it before forging ahead into a war committing billions of dollars overseas. When we still haven't solved the problem of lead pipes in Flint, Michigan, I don't know that there's a way to bridge that. I think that that is worthy of discussion and exploration for sure, because I think if we're going to move forward as a species, humanity, the thing that's holding us back from solving all of our problems is the ability to respectfully talk to each other. And until we're able to solve that problem, we won't solve any of the others, whether it be energy, food, name a problem that we have currently. Until we solve the first one, being able to talk to each other, we're not going to solve all the others. And I don't know how to do that or when that's possible. If you scroll through the comments of any YouTube or blog review of a particular movie, it's clear to see the line of demarcation between two diametrically opposed audiences. By following the box office, it seems clear that identity-focused material isn't landing as well as the hits we witnessed just a few years ago. Some studios are suffering massive losses, all in an attempt to appease Hollywood's new rules for making entertainment. But will viewership and dollars dictate an alteration of these guidelines? I actually think they're shifting back already because the one color that Hollywood loves more than any other is green money. And at a certain point, they need to look at the bottom line profits and or the stock value and determine that one pathway is placating a small number of activist people within an organization. And the other direction is really satisfying working people who just want to be entertained, whether it be some science fiction movie, superhero movie, action movie, sporting event, whatever it is, I want to disconnect and enjoy myself and have a good time. And maybe learn a lesson here and there, and maybe allow myself to think, allow me, the viewer, to come to my own conclusion about how to think about something. But I don't mind being questioned or having questions in the air and or ideas discussed, but I'll come to my own conclusion. I don't like it when I'm being told how to think. I prefer to think for myself. So while political and social messaging has always been a part of entertainment, 
what's more recently new is that it's more overtly propaganda than it was before. Not that it wasn't before. There are certainly so many examples we could point to of propaganda being woven into entertainment. I mean, look at Looney Tunes in the 1940s or Disney movies, Disney cartoons in the 1940s. They were all about supporting the war effort, along with comic books and whatnot, all of it, just straight up. But I think now we've gotten to a place where we've become aware of this stuff. And I think if you're aware of it, it's almost like putting on those glasses that Rowdy Rowdy Piper wore in They Live. Now you can see it more clearly. And I think that comes down to the fact that we're much more media savvy than we used to be. So we recognize it and see it for what it is. And we didn't previously see that before. Whether you agree with how Hollywood has implemented diversity and inclusion, along with social and political messaging, or if you believe it to be the death knell for many iconic franchises, one thing's for sure, the money gained or lost will play a pivotal role in how the future of entertainment is shaped. I'm Hank Davis, and this has been TPE Network Presents Divided We Watch. This episode was written, produced, and edited by me, Hank Davis. Special thanks to Chris Gore from Film Courage and Film Threat. Links are in the description.